Uh, tonight we're continuing in our series entitled PSI Love, fill in the blank. And hey, next week actually, everyone say next week. Come on, everyone say next week. You got extra, you got extra sleep this week not having school on Monday, so be with me tonight. Give some extra noise. Be back at it. Come on. Um, next week, we are going to do Q and we say Q&A. Really, we're going to do Q and R question and response. And so if throughout this series you've had any questions about um, love, sex, dating, ministry, life, God, the Bible, Pokemon, Marvel Comics, Star Wars, anything, uh, the Raiders organization, anything like that, any- uh, you know where the door is. <laughs> hey, go and um, right after service, go to HQ, fill out a card um, with your question, or you can DM us um, at BridgeYTH underscore, and we're going to get to those questions. Let me say this. Next week, if you have friends who aren't typically into church, next week is the perfect week to bring them. We're really just going to kind of be sitting back and having a conversation. We will more than likely, depending on how many questions come in, um, the kind of pre-submitted questions, we will more than likely take questions on the spot as well. And so we are tackling, um, we've already got a handful of really tough questions, the kind of harder questions, um, the difficult questions, and we plan to answer a lot of those. So it's going to be a great week next week. Invite your um, unsaved friends, the friends who don't typically come to church, because next week's going to be the perfect week for them to come and hang out. So we are continuing this series entitled P.S. I Love Blank. I love my mom too. My mom's, whose mom's crazy, but you love them. You love them anyways. Come on now. You got to be a little crazy to be a mom, I think. Um, but why, why the blank? And, and I've said this, uh, this is now the third week. Why the blank? The blank because we are confused. And all the guys said, amen. Because girls are confusing. We're confused. <clears throat> Here's the reality. Um, our generation, our culture, our country, our world is so confused when it comes to love, when it comes to romance, when it comes to all things around the idea of dating, mating, and relating. We are confused. That's why we're in this series. And in this series, um, we're really tackling the idea that when somebody says, typically, I believe when somebody in our generation, our day and age, says, I love you, The you, the fill in the blank that they're really talking about is they're really expressing what I think is probably an infatuation, a love, if you will, towards certain things, not necessarily the person. So this series is about those other things. Week one, we talked around the idea of P.S. I love lust. These are in our podcast. Go watch them. Um, Week two, we talked around the idea of P.S. I love relationships. And tonight, I want to tackle the idea P.S. I love love. Who loves love? Who loves chick flicks? Come on. Tell the truth. I love chick flicks. I love love, but here's the reality. We are all catching ourselves asking the question, what is love? The famous writer, one of the really like godfathers of our faith, C.S. Lewis, he said it, he said it like this. He said, love is not, everyone say not. Love is not an affectionate feeling, but get this, but a steady wish for the loved person's ultimate good as far as it can be obtained. Let me say it like this. Real love is wanting what is best for that other person. Check this, check this, to the point of, I, want, I love you so much, I want what's best for you, even if that's not me. It's wanting the best for that person. It's not wanting that person to, it's not about what you could get out of that relationship. Just because it's such a great quote, one more from C.S. Lewis, I love how he says this, when I have learned to love God better than my earthly dearest. Don't you love the classic language than my earthly dearest? Amber, you are my earthly dearest. <laughs> now that's how you, guys, that's how you could go and flirt with a lady. Don't go, don't go get at them. Don't go chop at them. Don't go call them your snack. Walk up to them and be like, oh, my earthly dearest. <laughs> when I have learned to love God better than my earthly dearest, I shall love my earthly dearest better than I do now. Let me say it like this. If I had to, if I had to compile this uh, message into one sentence, the sermon in a sentence for you note takers, I would say it like this. You want a beautiful love life? Make God the love of your life. Oh, come on now. That is good all by itself. We could just pray and leave right there. You will never have a better love life 
than if you are in an amazing relationship with God, loving him, putting him first. But here's the thing, we are confused. Don't believe me? Every 13 seconds, there's a divorce in America. Every 13 seconds. This goes out to, um, and I did not do this math. Uh, Kai Thompson did this math for me. That comes out to 277 divorces an hour, and that comes out to 2 million 419,196 divorces a year. Now catch this, 45% of those, 45%, nearly half of those divorces state that unrealistic expectations are one of the reasons for getting a divorce. And I can't help but to think, what were the the, the, the unrealistic expectations? And where did those expectations come from? I think probably those expectations came from culture, society, movies, probably the fact that the average exposure to pornography amongst people is nine years old. I think all these things have given unexpected, um, unrealistic expectations that ultimately can lead to love becoming broken. This is a random stat I just wanted to throw in there as well. Did you know that if you live together before you're married, you are 40% more likely to get divorced? We're confused. We don't know what love really is. But the good thing is that even though we're confused, somebody say amen, God is not confused. Come on now. Even though there is so much confusion in our world, even though there is so much confusion going around, um, everybody's confused about everything, it seems. Is, it, is white rice healthy or is brown rice healthy? I don't know. They won't tell. Is, is gluten good or is gluten bad? Do we, eat white, uh, do we eat white bread or wheat bread? They keep changing their mind, okay? Everyone's confused about everything. Love is at the top of the list of confusion. But here's one thing that is not confused about love, God's word. Come on now. Is anybody else thankful for God's word, that he's given us a roadmap to life? We've been, hit, we've been hitting on this verse every single week. Would you stand in the honor of the reading of God's word? We're going to read this. I urge you, I challenge you. It is four verses, four verses. I want you to uh, memorize this best you can. Come back to this verse all the time. As soon as you're thinking about getting in a relationship, compare it to this verse right here. Here we go. Love is patient. Someone just said, I'm not patient. I am not loving. Okay, cool. (laughs) Love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. It is not proud. It does not dishonor others. It is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but it rejoices in the truth. It always, someone say always. It always protects. It always trusts. It always hopes. It always perseveres. One version says it never gives up. And love never fails. Amen? Would you pray with me before you sit down? God, you're good. I pray you speak to us tonight. Help us learn what it is that love really is according to you, according to your word. God, I pray in Jesus' name that you would speak to us. And God, I do pray right now that the Lakers would win the championship this year. We already know they're going to, but we claim it in Jesus' name. Everyone said amen. Grab a seat. Hey, have you ever, um, have you ever gotten in, uh, gotten in, got yourself into something and it turned out to be something you didn't expect, like it's different than what you expected it to be. Um, Maybe more than anything else, uh, ministry has been so much different than what I thought it was going to be. I got into being a pastor when I was, I really started pursuing it at 19 years old. Um, And and I kind of had this idea of what ministry was going to be like, of what being a pastor is going to be like. And, and I thought um, a handful of things, I had this kind of picture in my mind that ended up being so different. I thought that basically I was going to um, stand on stages with microphones, and this is ironic because that's exactly what I'm doing right now, but uh, I thought I was going to stand on stages with microphones, preach, hang out with teenagers every once in a while, help lead worship, see people get saved, and that was basically going to be it. Let me tell you a story about how my expectation was not met. Um, It was in this room, actually. Me and a couple of the guys, we we were actually building one of our skate rails, and there was a a local school. I won't mention what school it is for the sake of their protection, uh, but they had a talent show called Rock the Oaks, so maybe that's a dead giveaway. And they're doing a rehearsal here. It's on a Thursday. And we're building our skate rail. 
uh, we're done building the skate rail. And about halfway through building the skate rail, there's, this mo- there's a mom who kind of pulled up. We were building the skate rail right outside our roll-up door over here. And a mom rolls up, hey, how you doing? And I was like, hey, if you're looking for the um, Rock the Oaks thing, you want to kind of go around to the front entry. She's like, oh, no, I'm just meeting up with my son. I'm going to give him something. I said, hey, no problem. Yeah, you go through. No sweat. She goes through. Don't think anything about it. Uh, we finished the skate rail. I was in like, you know, um, if you don't want to be single for the rest of your life, establish this discipline in your life. Have messy clothes and not messy clothes. I was in my messy clothes because we're outside, we're skating, we're, you know, I'm using power tools, which is frightening in and of itself. Um, So I I go into our men's restroom um, right over here. I I, I walk in the restroom and, and like most Ladies, you don't have this. We have, we have two, set, two different types of toilets in our restroom. Boom, in your face. <laughs> That's how it is. It's, it's better being a guy, I guess. And this, not this day. Not for me. I walk past the other toilets, past the small uh, stall, into the bigger stall so that I can change. As I'm walking in, I, I notice some, like, um, like, you know when you go and you buy, like, uh, like socks or like undershirts and they're in those like plastic baggy things, you know, and like the, the uh, like almost like the containers and stuff. I saw some of those on the ground and I was like, huh, that's interesting. And they were champion. I was like, oh, somebody must have like got a champion shirt or something. And I was like, I think, like, when do they put shirts and stuff in those bags? Like champion, they don't do that. Um, and then I walk in, I round the corner And to my disgust, demise, to my terror, next to the toilet is a pair of guys' boxer briefs covered in poop. I thought to myself, so this is ministry. Yo, like, first off, The mom who walked in, I know now exactly what she was doing, okay? Second off, like, yo, if you pooped your pants, (laughs) uh, hey, like, it's all good. No worries. You pooped your pants. It's okay to poop your pants. Maybe you were sick, and because you were sick, you pooped your pants. But if you're going to poop your pants, have the decency to pick up your own poopy underpants and put them in the trash can, somebody say amen. If that was you, you, my friend, are going to hell. I'm just kidding. Oh my gosh, but maybe. Uh, Like, I remember thinking in that moment, this is not what I signed. And like the trash can is five feet away. Like, you had, you, like, he didn't throw away the, like, wrappings. I'll pick that up. No problem. But your poopy underwear, I'm thinking, this is not what I signed up for. This is not what I thought ministry would be. Have you ever gotten into something, expecting one thing, and it turned out so different? I think this is what happens with most people when it comes to a love relationship. They get into the relationship expecting one thing, and then it turns out to be so different. This is probably why nearly half of people who get divorces say that unrealistic expectations is one of the reasons for their divorce. So tonight, let's talk about those expectations. Let's talk around uh, three points, really, around this idea of P.S. I love love. If you're taking notes, write this down. The idea. Everybody say idea. Now, here's the thing. Let me just say really quick. Um, God created love. It was his idea. And God only creates good stuff. He only comes up with good ideas. Even more, God didn't just create love. God actually is, in essence, he is love. First John, uh, verse, chapter number four, verse eight, it says, but anyone who does not love does not know God, for God is love. If you know God, then you know love, and if you know God, you know how to love. It's almost saying, like, if you don't know God, you really don't know true love. But what has happened, I think, is that God's idea and our idea have collided. Let's talk about God's idea. What's God's idea for love? I think one of the best uh, verses we could go to is found in Romans chapter 12, verse 10. This is Uh, This is the passion translation. I love this translation. I don't read it often. But here's what it says. It says, be devoted. Everybody say devoted. Be devoted to tenderly loving. 
I love how you added the word tenderly, too tenderly loving your dear Fraulein, <laughs> my, my Indubla Oblongata. Anybody know what movie that's from? Yeah, you're going to heaven for sure. Uh, or maybe not. Maybe we're both going to be like waiting in the waiting room of heaven for 10,000 years. And they say, that's for watching Waterboy. I don't know. <laughs> be devoted to tenderly loving your fellow believers as a member of one family. Try to outdo yourselves in respect. Everybody say respect. And honor. Everyone say honor. In respect and honor of one another. God's idea of love it's devotion, it's family, it's respect, it's honor. If that's the bullseye for love, we as a society have missed the target altogether. I mean, like, how often do you see somebody when they're explaining love that they talk about devotion and family? How often ladies in moments of quote-unquote love really go to week number one P.S. I love lust. Have you felt overly respected and honored? No, like our society has missed this. Let me give a few statements as we're talking about God's love. Let me give a few statements around this idea. Divorce was never a part of God's plan for love. Abuse was never a part of God's plan for love. God never intended for you or I to be flippant or careless with our love. God protects your heart. You should as well. Love and, and what God believes about love, what we believe about love, they're two different things. Let me say this lastly about uh, God's idea of love. God wants your best, and he wants you to have the best kind of love as well. Let's talk about our idea of love. Really, I want to talk around the idea of soulmates specifically. How many people, you've heard of the concept of soulmates? You've heard it in one way or another. You've seen the movies. You've heard the songs, all of that. Now, here's something like all the young ladies in the room. First off, I love you. You're the best. About to break your heart. I'm sorry. Soulmates, they're not real. Fake. Yeah. The whole like, there is one person on planet Earth for you. And uh, there's seven billion people on planet Earth. Good luck, right? Um, well, let me lay it out in a concept. Imagine you meet someone and you go, oh, they're my soulmate. And you fall in love, you establish a relationship, you grow up, you get married, you have kids, you get a house, you get a car, you get a little puppy, all these things. And then 20 years down the line, you run into who you realize is your real soulmate at the coffee shop. But you're married with three kids, two dogs, a demonic cat, a hamster, and a mortgage. Do you now, because you have met your soulmate, do you now get to leave your wife, because uh, you're not my soulmate, and go and be with your soulmate? Well, if the concept of soulmates are real and that's your foundation for love, then you would be justified in doing so. But soulmates aren't real. They're not biblical. Here's the thing about soulmates. The concept of soulmates is selfish. Real love is selfless. It's selfless. Soulmates is all about what you can get out of it. See, our idea of love and soulmates is tied to the concept of happily ever after. And they lived happily ever after. Um, yeah, no, that's not how it works. <laughs> like, that's not the end of the story. You live hop happily ever after. Um, you fall in love, you get married, and you live happily ever after. <clears throat> Wrong. Why? Because men and women are different. Woo, I know that's controversial, <laughs> but it's true. Men and women are different, and you make them live together for the rest of their lives, it's not going to always be happily ever after. Let me say it like this. Marriage takes work. And if you work at your marriage, your marriage will work. If you don't work at your marriage, your marriage won't work. Let me add to just for my leaders, those of you who are going to get married soon, those of you who are already married, you better date your spouse, because if you don't, the devil will find somebody who will. You need to work at your marriage. Let me say this. Real love takes work. Everyone say work. Come on, say work. Now say work, 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 work. <laughs> Real love take. Now, here's the thing. We don't like that. Why don't we like that? Because work, the word work, it's, Amber hates it when I say this. She hates it so much. I'm going to say it anyways. Work ain't sexy. <laughs> you know, it ain't sexy. You don't, like, when you ask someone, how was work? What do they usually say? It was work. <laughs> it was work. 
Like, imagine somebody saying, like, so how's your marriage? And you're like, it's a marriage. <laughs> Woo! That guy is sleeping on the couch telling you that right now. Um, we, don't like the, we don't like the idea of work. Work doesn't sound romantic. It doesn't sound cool. It doesn't sound sexy. But if you don't like the idea of work, then you don't like real love. You like the fake version. You like the movie version that doesn't actually exist. Let's revisit really quick um, the idea of love. We have, we have a graphic, the what is love graphic. Let's just talk about this for a second. Patient, patience. Patience takes work. Am I preaching to anybody who the person in front of you gets up to the line at Chipotle, they order their stuff, and then they say, hold up, let me call, let me call my wife real quick. Hi, babe. Yeah, what did, you, what did you want? No, what did you... No, no, not can't. Chipotle. No, Chipotle. No, ch- no, ch- the burrito plate. No, okay, yeah, okay. Can you go ask Timmy what he wanted? I don't care that he's in his room. Go get him. I'm so sorry. Just, I'm so, and then you're behind them and they do this thing. I'm so sorry. And you have to go, no, it's okay. But in your head, you're like, it's not okay. Figure it out or let me go in front of you. Like, it takes work to be patient. Talk about kindness. Kindness takes work. How many of you guys go to a public high school? Kindness takes work. Yo, public high schools are like, it's like a zoo. <laughs> like you, I, I'm walking to like go do Christian club at your high school and like people are just like on their phone like boom. And they just look at you and I'm like, no, excuse me. <laughs> and then they try to steal my lunch money and I'm like, I don't have lunch money. My wife didn't give me any. <laughs> like, kindness takes work. Talk about not being jealous. Ladies, takes work. <laughs> Ladies, it's not arrogant. Gentlemen, takes work. I know you're buff. I know you can bench 250. Is that a lot? I don't know. Is 250 a lot to bench? Is it? You look, you sir look strong. Is 250 a lot to bench? Not for you. Okay. For me, the bar is a lot. Okay. <laughs> how, long, how much does the bar weigh? 45. I could probably do like double that. Give me two bars. I'll do both of them. Um, <laughs> But not being arrogant takes work. Honoring, that takes work. Being selfless, oh my gosh, we are selfish at nature. It takes work. Not being easily angered, not being a scorekeeper, protecting, trusting, hoping, persevering. All of that is work. Everyone say work. If you don't like work, you don't like real love. And to, and to tell you otherwise would be to set you up for failure. Now, I'll tell you this, when you work at your relationship, I've been married for going on 11 years now, and when you work on your relationship, there is so much about it to be enjoyed. It is absolutely worth it. Let's talk really quick about work. There's a guy in the Bible, his name was Jacob. Everyone say Jacob. Jacob fell in love with this girl, Rachel. Everyone say Rachel. Not Rachel from Friends, a different Rachel. And he fell in love with her, and and here was the stipulations if he was to marry her. He had to work. Everyone say work. He had to work for her father, her father's company, the the business of, like, cattle and sheep and goats and all that mess. Um, He had to work for him for 14 years to marry Rachel. Some of you boys, if she doesn't return your text in 14 minutes, you're like, deuce, Rachel, you're out. Michelle, what's good? (laughs) Like 14 years, that is love. Yo, he loved this girl so much. He was like, I will sacrifice 14, and times were different, right? Ladies, it was not like, hey, you cute, I'm cute, we're cute together, let's be cute together, like for the rest of our lives and stuff. (laughs) Uh, It wasn't like that. It was like, let me earn your hand in marriage by working for your father. Like, times were different, right? But imagine a dude, ladies, imagine a guy who says, you are so valuable in my side. I love you so much. I will lay down the next 14 years of my life just to have your hand in marriage. That is love. Real love takes work. Everyone shout work. I want to tell you, just as like an intentionality thing, um, in my phone, every single day, I, I had it today, I have it literally every single day. Um, where's it, dude? Jake M- Mosher or Mosher? Mosher. Oh, is it French? No. Do you also say, I put my flowers in a vase. Jake, what, is, what does this say? 
Be a better husband. Open doors, hold hands. That's a reminder that I have for myself every day at 4 p.m. Every day, be a better husband, open doors, hold hands. Why does it say, parentheses, open doors, hold hands? Because one time my wife goes, you know, Corey, um, I really like it when you hold my hand and you open doors. I said, cool. Like, that makes you feel loved. So, and, and you know what happens? Um, you, you already experienced this because, you know, you have to be at school at, like, 4 a.m. And then they don't let you leave till like, 6.30 p.m., and then this is why you fall asleep during my sermons. Um, I'm an amazing preacher. You've just been up for 73 hours straight. Uh, you're experiencing it already. Life gets busy and life gets tough and stuff happens. And things like holding hands and opening the door and being a better husband isn't something that I'm going to trust to my memory. I'm going to work at it. Everyone say work. If you don't like work, you don't like real love. Real love, it takes work. You might be infatuated with the idea of love not actual love. I like to call that lazy love. It's just lazy love, which ain't real love in the end. Moving on, number two, the feeling. Everyone say the feeling. Uh, I read a quote, um, an anonymous quote this week. It said, attraction is a feeling. Love is a choice. If we go back to 1 Corinthians chapter 13, and I've told you verse 4 to 8, memorize that. Love is patient. Love is kind. It doesn't envy. It doesn't boast. It is not self. All these things, right? Memorize those things. Go down the line one by one by one. Just like they're all work, they're also not a feeling. None of those are explaining an emotion. They're explaining a choice. You have to choose to be patient when that person in front of you doesn't go, when the light is green. And green means it doesn't mean sit there for another two and a half seconds, okay? <laughs> two and a half seconds, you waste two and a half seconds of my life for like 76 years of my life, that's a lot of wasted life, okay? I'm, coming, I'm beeping like after 0.32 seconds, right? Like I'm beeping quick. Patience is a choice. Love is a choice. It's a choice. And I know, here it comes again. I'm sorry, Amber, you're so mad. That doesn't sound sexy. Right? Love is a choice. Like, Nobody just got butterflies and said, oh, man, can't wait to fall in love, to choose. <laughs> like, nobody, but like, here's the thing. Love is not a feeling. It's a choice. Everyone shout choice. That's why so many people, they, they end up getting a divorce because the feelings fade, and they think, um, and they say things like, well, I guess we have just fallen out of love. Not true. Not true. You know what happened? Life. Life happened. Life happened. And life happens. Come on, has life happened to anybody else? Life happens. It's like you don't feel super loving, you know, in the middle of summer when you just got a mean sunburn and you don't want anybody to touch you, let alone hug you, you know? You're like, stay away from me. These shoulders need nothing but aloe vera right now, you know? Life happens. Like, life happens. And people say when the feelings fade, I've fallen out of love. That's not true. You haven't fallen. And what the people, what these people fail to realize if they were to just work at it and if they were to not give up because love never gives up, remember? What would happen is those feelings would come back really quick, actually. I've been married for 11 years. Can I just tell you, like, I am not trying to in any way, shape, or form be like, yeah, like, we're so cute. <laughs> we are. Don't get me wrong. But the feelings never, <laughs> who gagged? Someone said, <laughs> it was not a junior high boy. It was Joey Sims, a grown married man. <laughs> like the feelings, though, and correct me if I'm wrong. Joe, how long have you guys been married, Joey? Almost two years. The feelings never leave, right? Like they never, like they're there, not quite consistently. You know what I'm saying? Oh, God. Maybe I should ask somebody else. Joey, you're getting yourself in a lot of trouble. Here's a shovel. Dig your way out of the hole. <laughs> um, the feel, can I just tell you, honestly, honestly, the feelings never leave. Like, you don't feel them ever. Like, when you first get in a relationship and, and they walk up and you know how it is, you're like, hmm. Like, yeah, like, it's, it's that. You have, it's not like every moment of every day you're ready to, like, die for your devotion of love. And, like, thank God, because, like, it's cute for you, but everybody else just thinks it's annoying, okay? Um, you know that couple who's all over each other all the time? You're like, we're standing in line at Disneyland. This is weird. Like, there's a five-year-old right there. Calm down. <laughs> like, yeah, that's weird. And, but can I tell you, it, ne it never leaves. 
yeah, when you have 103 fever and you're vomiting out of both ends, like, yes, you don't feel very loving. But that's when real love kicks in because it says, hey, you, like, I'm here for you for better or for worse. No, but most people, they say for better or for worse, but they only mean the first part. In sickness and in health, but they only mean the second part. Whether rich or poor, they only mean the first part. <laughs> like, love is a choice, and the feelings never go away if you work at it, if you're intention, but love is not a feeling. If love was a candy, it would be Pop Rocks. You remember Pop Rocks? Come on, who remembers Pop Rocks? Can I just say, like, straight up right here, right now, Pop Rocks weren't even good. It was just the fact that you threw Pop Rocks in your mouth, and they're like, in your who's never had Pop Rocks? Who's never, you've never had Pop Rocks in your life. You, my man, you have never, you have never, you haven't lived. <laughs> my God. But the thing is, honestly, you haven't missed much other than this little popping sensation in your mouth. But as soon as like the popping stops, which is after like 10 seconds, it's like, uh, let me get some more. Boom. And then it's like, uh, let me get some more. No, no, no. Pop Rocks is like, if our society's version of love was a candy, it would be Pop Rocks. Like here today, gone tomorrow. The feelings, they come and they go. Real love is Reese's, <laughs> just because Reese's are bomb. <laughs> like, I love Reese's. There's no analogy to the Reese's, but there's an analogy to the Pop Rocks. Let me say it like this. Say it like this. Feelings come and go, love never fails. Come on, feelings come and go, but love never fails. I think when many say, I love you, what they're really saying is, I love the feeling, which is really like saying, I'll love you when I feel like it. Man. Loving the feeling is like saying, I'll love you when I feel like it. Even, even Bieber had a song on his last album, Purpose, uh, that, that really talked about this. He said, am I in love with you? Am I in love with you? Or am I in love with the feeling? I freaking, that's a jam. And even he's mentioning and knowing, hey, there's an issue here with people who think that they love someone and they're not actually in love with them. They're in love with the feeling. Here's the thing. Write this down. Feelings are a great indicator, but they're a terrible dictator. It's like a, a check engine light. You know the check engine light on your car? It's the orange light that boop pops on if there's something going wrong. It would be like if every time your check engine light came on, you just threw your car away. <laughs> you know your check engine light will come on if your gas cap isn't screwed on all the way? Imagine throwing away your car because your gas cap wasn't screwed on all the way. See, uh, 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 feelings are a great indicator, but they're a terrible dictator. Do not... Make, listen to me, listen to me, young people. Do not, do not, someone say not. Someone say do not. Do not make your feelings your God. You and I live in a generation, in a society, in a culture that wants to make our feelings our God. Don't do it. They say, like, all the time, they, like, we have so many cultural sayings that we're like, that is so beautiful. Let's put it on Pinterest. No, stop. No, follow your heart. No, uh, don't follow your heart, 14-year-old girl. <laughs> your heart's lying to you, all right? Uh, your heart's telling you all types of crazy stuff. Or people say things like, speak your truth. There is no your truth. There is no my truth. There is only truth. Some things are true. Some things are not. You can walk outside and say, my truth is that the sky is purple. Yeah, that's your truth. Your truth is wrong. <laughs> it's not a truth. There is truth and not truth. Oh, come on, come on. You got to speak your truth. No, no, don't speak your truth. Don't follow. There's so many things that we say, things like, um, just follow what feels right for the love of God. <laughs> This is how Twitter was created. <laughs> Someone said, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do what feels right. <laughs> oh, God, don't do what feels right. Probably my favorite one that so many people base their entire lives off of. Oh. <laughs> That's how this one starts. <laughs> You'll get it. You'll get it once I say it. <laughs> Everyone go. <laughs> I'm offended. All right, two things, really quick, for those who, um, you are the, uh, I'm offended person. Number one, nobody cares. First off, I know, I know you think they care because you posted it, uh, but they don't care. <laughs> Number two, you know what happens when you feel offended? Nothing! 
Nothing happens. Oh, I'm so offended. Nothing's happened. You're, look, you're offended and the world's still going round. You're still alive. The person who offended you, still alive. Like, so many of us, though, we base our whole lives off of feelings and emotions. But feelings, they're a great indicator, but they're a terrible dictator. Now, let me just say, not all feelings and emotions are bad. Actually, God, the God that we serve, created us to be emotional. He himself has emotions. Not all emotions and feelings are bad. But what we need is we need a rumble strip. Who knows what a rumble strip is? Right? When you're driving and you start going off course a little bit, you hit the... That's a rumble strip. We need a rumble strip to life. Now, here's the thing. God's given you some rumble strips. What are they? Number one, if, you, if you're taking notes, write these down. Here are the three rumble strips that God have, has given you. And this will really help to guide and direct your emotions, your feelings, so that your feelings and your heart don't lead your life. But instead, God, his word, he's leading your life. Number one is the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is God and the way that he talks to us, the way that he communicates to us, the way that he heals us, the way that he has contact with us, it's called the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit is like a rumble strip. Many of you, you know, you've, you've dumbed down the Holy Spirit to your conscience. Oh, I have a conscience. I just know. No, your conscience is the Holy Spirit that's telling you what's right and what's wrong, where to go and where not to go, who to date and who not to date. When you let the person go, that's a nope. I know. How do you know? Because I just know, and I can, I, I just know it in my knower. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's, your knower is the Holy Spirit. Number two is his word. He's given you his word. It's a rumble strip for life that will direct you. Now, here's the thing. Feelings, they come and go. They change every five seconds if you're going through puberty. Uh, trends and culture changes every couple of years, but you know what has never changed? God's word. It's the same yesterday, today, and forever. God's word is consistent, and it's the same. It's so valuable. It's like a map to life. It is, it's like a lamp unto our feet, a light to our path. He's given you his Holy Spirit. He's given you his word. Number three, he's given you people. There are people. This is why community, this is why Bridge Youth is so important. Because guess what? I know you're 15, and that means you're grown. But you don't know everything. And I know that's a shock to most of you guys. <laughs> The girls are like, yeah, totally, I don't know, I don't know everything, definitely. The guys are like, uh, what? <laughs> Thought I knew everything. <laughs> uh, no, like, you don't know everything. I don't know everything. This is why we all need voices in our life. And here's the thing, the right voices will keep you from the wrong places. The right voices will keep you from the wrong places. God's given you rumble shifts. He's given you the Holy Spirit. He's given you his word, and he's given you some people. Listen to those. But like so many of us, we get... We get like mad at God when the rumble strips happen. It's like me when I'm being stupid because sometimes your youth pastor is stupid. And I get in the car and I think I'm going like half a mile away. So I get in the car and I'm driving and I just hear ding, ding, ding. Why? I'm not wearing my seatbelt. And you know what I do in that moment? <clears throat> I go, oh my gosh, stupid car. You're so annoying. You're so dumb. Yeah, I have become like so dumb that I'm calling my car stupid and annoying for trying to save my life. But this is what we do to God. We're like, God, you just don't want me to have any fun. You kill joy. Oh no, he does not kill joy. He wants to give you real joy. And that's why he's giving you these rumble ships that goes ding, Hey, you're get because when God says don't, you know what he's really saying? Don't hurt yourself. See, we, sometimes we're sitting there and God is like, don't. And you're like, I hate you. And he's like, oh, you didn't let me finish my sentence. I was going to say, don't hurt yourself. Because if you go down that path, if you go in that direction, if you go about love in that way, well, then you're going to hurt yourself. We need rumble strips. Now, let me just encourage you. Don't ignore the rumble strips. Hear that? Don't ignore the rumble strips. Look at your neighbor. Say, don't ignore the rumble strips. Don't ignore the rumble strips. Because like the leaky faucet at your house, um, you know, it's bloop, bloop, bloop. And at first, it was so, that was a pretty good leaky faucet. Huh? I didn't even practice that. Bloop. The first one was better. I think I had more water in my mouth. Bloop. Oh, 
And you, like when it first happened, you were so annoyed. But now it's been doing that for like eight months and you don't even notice it. But then your friend comes over and they're like, how can you like play video games in peace when you got that thing screaming at you? And then all of a sudden, what two minutes ago you were completely deaf to is now like screaming in your face, right? Like all of a sudden you hear what you've been blind to, but those who, see, you can become deaf to the rumble strips. Don't ignore the rumble strips. You'll become what some of us like to call calloused. The rumble strips God has sent to protect you will quickly be drowned out and go silent. No, that'll never happen. I don't know who, like, what proverbial person in the room, like, thought that right away, but in my head, as I was prepping this message, I just, like, felt somebody in the room, and I said, hey, the rumble, if you continue to allow certain things in your life, go down a certain road, you continue to ignore the rumble strip. Actually, so, oh, man, I can't, I don't know who said um, I bounce my ideas off a lot of people. A lot of people give input to these messages. Typically, what you're hearing is not me preaching. You're hearing probably 20 or 30 different people preaching at you, and somebody said, you know, you hear the rumble strip, and then at some point, you stop hearing the rumble strip. Why? Well, maybe it's because you centered out and you got off the rumble strip and you're on the right path. But what's the other option? You're off-roading. <laughs> and that's when you need to be scared. See, because what happened is um, I, I picture someone when I said that, like, the rumble strips will be drowned out. They'll go silent and you'll be calloused. And somebody in the room is like, no, it won't. No, it won't. It's stupid. No. no, but you do it all the time. You're actually doing it right now. See, you're breathing but you aren't thinking about how you're breathing, except for the fact that now you are. And now if you stop thinking about breathing right now, then you're going to stop breathing because I just put that curse on your life. And what do you notice? You notice now the sound of your breathing. You notice the feeling of your breathing, but you didn't notice it two minutes ago. And two minutes from now, as we move on with the message in the night, you'll forget all about it and you'll go back to having your breathing be in the back shadows of your life where you're not even thinking about it. How many things of our life have just become like breathing to us that we don't even think about it? It's just a part of our life every day. And it's silently in the back because we've ignored the rumble strip for so long. Do not ignore the rumble strip. It's God's voice. He's speaking to you. The more, let me say it like this. The more you ignore it, the harder it is to hear it. What should really scare you is when you can sin and feel no remorse. That's what should really scare you. Don't ignore the rumble strip. Let me add this, because um, this is for somebody tonight. Um, don't cling to a mistake just because you spent a long time making it. Don't cling to a mistake just because you spent a long time making it. My last point is the band heads up. We've got the idea, we got the feeling, write this word down, the romance. Now, I admit, I love chick flicks. I do. I love them all. Like, I don't know that I've ever seen a decently appropriate chick flick that I didn't love. I love the bad ones, like the really bad ones, the ones that, like, nobody else likes, but I do. Like, Letters to Juliet. I always hate on that movie and love it at the same time. My wife hated it. She was like, that movie sucked. I was like, you have a heart of stone. It's beautiful. She's like, it's so predictable. I was like, Predict predictably beautiful? <laughs> Dear John. No one likes Dear John. I love it. It's a banger. I love, now, now here's what I believe though. I believe that romance is a gift from God. I absolutely believe that. But I believe that romance is a part of love, but it's a small piece of the pie. It is not all there is to love. So what, is, what's, what's, uh, what should we do? What should we focus on when it comes to this? Write this down. Write this word down. Friendship is key. Friendship is key. Let me, let me reread Romans 12, 10 and add a little bit in there for you. Be devoted to one another in love as friends. I'm being like a dad right now. Be devoted to one another in love as friends. Honor one another as friends above yourself. Can I just say, Amber and I are friends every day. And we romance each other some days. Even Valentine's Day, right? Like on Valentine's Day, we went and got a couple's massage. If you've never got a professional massage, you have not lived, okay? If you've never had these ladies take their elbows and like, 
ah, and you're like, oh, it hurts so good. <laughs> you know, like, you haven't lived. We went and got a couple's massage, and it was like, you know, romantic. But then later, we went and played air hockey. And some of you guys have been following the air hockey drama that is our life. This was the first time ever that we left on a tie. But I had more accumulated points, okay? I had more accumulated points even though it was a tie. Anyways, uh, I had more accumulated points. It was either a tie or I won. That's what it is. We decided to leave on a tie for the first time because it was Valentine's Day. And the last time we had air hockey night, we ended up getting into a fight. Like a real legitimate fight. Not fist fight. Settle down. But a fight, okay? And like, can I just say, that is the bigger part. Then later that day, after air hockey, we went home. We hung out with our dogs. We're like, hey, you little dorks, what's up? Ah, piggies, ah. Then we took a nap on the couch, watched a movie, went and got Indian food. Had the, like, that is, don't worry, I'm not going to give you the whole play-by-play of Valentine's Day. It would be inappropriate, okay? This is church. <laughs> We're married. We're married, and it's awesome. But, can I just say, friendship, we're friends every day. Friendship is a way bigger part of your lifelong relationship than romance is going to be. Can I just say, too, like, romance is awesome, but friendship is so much better. This is why I believe that the best relationships start as friendships. Can I tell you, I know some dudes who are, they're married to girls they don't want to hang out with. I'm serious. I know dudes who are married to girls who they don't even want to hang out with. I am not trying to be cheesy, but like I am allowing God to use my relationship with my wife as an example to those around me. Amber is absolutely my best friend. Like when my guys are like, dude, let's do a guy's weekend. Like, let's go hang out just the dudes. <laughs> like maybe if you stop talking like that. <laughs> like, no, come on. <laughs> and I'm like, can we bring our wives? <laughs> Like, no, it's a dude's weekend. We're going to do guy stuff. And I'm like, yeah, can we bring our wives? The best relationships start as friendship. Friendships are key. Friendships are key. Last thing I'll say about romance is be careful loving romance. Because romance in the wrong context will lead you to nonsense. I'll say it like this and I'll move on really quick. You can do in minutes what you'll regret for decades. Here's a rumble strip for your life. The Bible has said sex is for one man and one woman within the, conf within the confines of marriage. All else is sin. That is a rumble strip for your life. But the issue, let me, let me add this to you though. The issue is not having a sex drive. It's, it's, it's if you let sex drive. But let's move on for those who aren't, it's not all the way like quite that issue, right? Let me also say, everything given is something lost or something potentially lost. The first girl I held hands with was not my wife. That's something lost. The first kiss was not my wife. That's something lost. Now, are these things that are going to kill you? No, but are they things that you'll later want back? Yes. So be careful when you love romance because romance in the wrong context will lead you to nonsense. Be careful what you give away. Even, it's even down to like simple as movies. There's certain movies that I went on dates with other girls to go and see. And now I can't, Too Fast, Too Furious. Can't watch Too Fast, Too Furious. And I know like of all movies out, you know, we can throw away Too Fast, Too Furious. It's all right. But come on, that was the one where Tyrese said, ejectocito, cuz, and then he flew out the... Get back to the scripture, pastor. Everything given is something lost. Look, romance is not bad. It's a part of love. Go read Song of Solomon. It's a part of love. But love is much more. If all you want is romance, you're missing it. As I close tonight, you want a beautiful love life? Make God the love of your life. And in closing really felt someone needed to hear this verse while, as we're talking about love. Soak this in. Let this penetrate your heart. Let it sink into your soul. Hear this, 1 John 4, verse 18. There is no fear in love, but perfect love, it drives out all fear because fear has to do with punishment. The one who fears 
is not made perfect in love. There is no fear in love. I promise you this, the best relationship you'll ever be in is one with your heavenly Father. It's with God. The best way to set yourself up for a beautiful love life is to make God the love of your life. If you've never done that, you're going to have that opportunity in just a few minutes. Bow your heads, close your eyes right now. I know that this is a public place, but this is, for now, a private setting. And if you're in this place and you would say, yeah, Pastor Corey, like, I've actually, I've kind of been at the helm. I have the wheel in my own hands, and I've been doing my own thing when it comes to all this stuff, when it comes to love. And to be honest, I've kind of caused some destruction, and I've gone in the wrong direction. When you say there's no fear in love, I'm so fearful. I'm fearful that I'm going to be alone. I'm fearful that I'm unlovable. I'm fearful that I'm going to get hurt. I'm fearful that I'm going to hurt somebody else. But there's no fear in perfect love. And that perfect love is available to you through Jesus. He loved you so much that 2,000 years ago, he died on a cross for your sins, for my sins, so that the day that we die, we can know that we're going to heaven. And if you would like to accept that love tonight, I'm gonna ask you to respond in a simple way. I'm gonna to count to three, and when I get to three, I just want you to raise your hand, because I believe when we respond on the outside to what's happening on the inside, it makes it more real in our lives. So here we go, this is your chance, this is your moment. If you want to receive God's love, give your life to Him, here's your moment. One, two, three, all over this place. Raise your hand if that's you. Hands going up everywhere, anybody else. And it's the best decision you'll ever make with your life, I promise you that. Anybody else? There's some decisions in your life you might regret. You'll never regret this one, I promise you. Anybody else? Hey, heads bowed, eyes closed still for one more moment, except for those of you who just raised your hands. If you would, look up at the screens. I, I want you guys to do something really simple. If you have Instagram, pull out your phone right now. Go to our Instagram, at bridgeYTH underscore, and DM us next seven. Next seven. Here's why. And this walk, this walk is really a lot about relationships and we wanna walk this journey with you. I've made some videos called The Next Seven Days that'll literally be on your phone walking out day by day this new journey of faith. And so I feel like it's our responsibility to, to walk this out with you. So if you have uh, Instagram, go DM us next seven at our, at our Instagram and we'll get you those videos. I promise you, they'll bless you, they'll help you. So what we're gonna do now is we're gonna pray. Praying is just talking to God the Bible says, confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that Jesus is Lord and he rose from the dead and you'll be saved. But hey, we're a family here. So whether you raised your hand or didn't, we're all gonna pray together right now. So would you guys repeat these words right after me? Say, Lord Jesus, I know I'm a sinner, but I know you're a savior. Jesus, I believe that you died for my sins and you rose from the dead because you love me. So tonight, I give you my love, I give you my heart, I give you my life, I give you everything. And from this moment forward, I'm going to follow you. No looking back and no turning back. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, can we welcome people into God's family right now? Hey, that's the best decision you could ever make with your life.